Welcome to the Sacred Palette Podcast. I am your host, Shaheen Rahman. I am an artist and part of the Islamic Art Society, a US-based nonprofit that promotes the beauty of Islamic arts. This podcast is a way to connect with artists that are creating Islamic art here in the US. Through interviews and unique stories, you will get to hear about their special journey and creativity. From calligraphy to geometric patterns to arabesque and much more, the podcast will provide a glimpse into what it's like to create beautiful and amazing works of Islamic art right here, right now in the United States. So let's get started. and welcome to a new episode of The Sacred Palette. I'm really excited for this episode because today I'm speaking with the talented and renowned artist who's had almost 40 solo exhibitions, both nationally and internationally. Her work is inspired by the imagery, sculptures, and writings of her Islamic faith and Indian heritage. Her stylized and contemporary calligraphy attempts to celebrate the same message of universality spread throughout the verses in the Quran. She is the recipient of several prestigious awards, including the East Bay Communities Fund for Artists and the City of Berkeley's Individual Artist Grant Award for three consecutive years. Her name and her art are included in the 9-11 Memorial Museum Artist Registry. She's also the author of several books. It's such an honor to introduce Salma Arastu. Assalamu alaikum, Salma. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam. I'm fine. Thank you for this opportunity to share my work through podcast with you. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. You know, what a strange time we're living in. How have you been doing during the pandemic? I think, I know it's a very difficult time, no doubt about it. But at the same time, I trust Allah so much that I know whatever is happening, He has a reason for it. And so I try to go through each day with patience and I try to do my work. I go to my studio every day. Luckily, that's my sanctuary. You know, it's it's quiet. I'm alone there. So I just go there and work and it really helps me. And I have produced a lot of work during these five months. I mean, I am amazed at that. But I think it's because I don't have any other distractions going to visit or, you know, going to different places or things like that. So my whole concentration is on my work. So what have you been working on these days during the pandemic? To begin with, I did the names of Allah because uh, that is the strength. That is the place I get the strength from, you know, to sustain in these times. So I did the whole series of 99 names of Allah in pen and ink. And I called it Tasbih Allah. And each day I was writing two names of Allah in pen and ink, almost 100, 200 times sometimes. And I created an artwork with that. So that was good. And then I did some paintings which were direct impact of the pandemic on me. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't bear the loss of life. And um, on the television we watched, of course. Uh, but but it really had a lot of 
impact on me, emotional impact. And it was coming out in my work. I know this is a very difficult time. But then as I told you, I trust Allah. And things will be fine soon, inshallah, inshallah, for all. You've said it very well, Salma, and I love your positive outlook. But I wanted to ask if you've always been an artist at heart. Yes, that's a blessing again, because, you know, it's very strange. Um, that time in, you know, early 50s, 1950s, um, when I was born and uh, I was the youngest child in my family. Uh, my family actually migrated from Pakistan to India. They were Hindu Sindhis. And uh, I was the youngest child. And uh, somehow all my older siblings, they cared for me a lot. And uh, I have to accept something today. I, I'm sure you know about it. I was born without fingers on my left hand. So this family was really very loving and caring. And each one used to tell me as I was growing up, looking at my, holding my right hand, saying that you'll be an artist. You have beautiful hand, you'll be an artist. I don't know, Allah guided them or my mother. She said, um, you will be an artist to do something and find out. You No, she didn't say artist. She said, you are born for a special reason. So try to find out that. Um, asking your God, God is the best friend. So somehow she's the one who, who led me towards my spirituality, my connection with Allah, my God. That time, though I didn't call it Allah, but he's always there within me. So he, uh, that was a good encouragement for me because they all, and I used to draw. I used to doodle a lot and uh, everybody around me since they encouraged me. So I used to draw in school, I was encouraged. And um, and as my mother told me, you're born for a special reason. So art and drawing became my vehicles to find myself. That what is the reason for my existence? Why Allah has given me this life? So it became firm right from beginning. And uh, then as soon as I finished my high school, my, fam my brothers, they sent me to fine arts college in those times, like, you know, 60s late 60s i joined the fine arts college in hyderabad i did my undergrad then i did my masters in painting from baroda ms university so it's, it's a blessing right from beginning i was encouraged to do this i mean i can only be grateful again to add on that my husband is also very encouraging so that's how i've continued yeah so, yeah. Okay, well, that's wonderful. And that's a really touching story, Selma. I see that you work on many different surfaces. You know, you work on paper and metal, and but a lot of your work seems to be on canvas. The fact is, nowadays I was doing more and more canvas for one reason. I have so much work, and though I have a large studio, but storage is a big problem. <laughs> so, so, especially nowadays, I'm doing very, very large pieces of calligraphy. So, what I'm doing, I'm not stretching them on canvas. I'm, I'm, the canvas is not stretched on the wood. I don't do that. So, these are um, like hanging wall, hanging wall hangings, you know, like they're like. Uh, um, tapestries so I just paint on the canvas and I can stack them together see on the large tables they're all stacked on one above another mm -hmm. so that way I'm creating space in my studio but at the same time 
I'm able to do large works because it's very difficult to do large works and then transport them from, you know, city to city, different exhibitions. So this way, when I do on canvas, I can keep it in my studio. And then whenever I'm, any exhibition is there, I roll them up and ship them in the tube. Uh, so that's very easy to do. Then I do a special hanging um, upper on the top, you know, I add the wood and the canvas and, you know, like I make it a very special hanging system. So it looks perfectly all right. So, yeah, it, it, it has worked for me. So I like canvas. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about your journey towards uh, Islamic art. Um, you moved from India and you spent some time living in Iran and then in Kuwait so tell us a little bit about what inspired your art in those settings and how you started incorporating stylized Arabic calligraphy into your work. And what was that process like and how did you adapt to it? Oh, sure. Um, it's my interesting journey again. I got married and I became Muslim after marriage. So it's a blessing again. And uh, my husband... He's an architect, and uh, he, uh, after marriage, he decided to go to Iran and work because that time Iran was booming, and they were looking for architects. So he went to do the job there. I joined him there. So we lived in Iran, and especially as I told you, I was born Hindu. Then I did my masters in fine arts, so I was already trained artist. So when I went to when I was first time exposed to Islamic arts in Iran, uh, I saw the beautiful calligraphy on the ceilings of Isfahan Mosque. And uh, it was amazing. Like, you know, this connecting line, beautiful flowing line. And um, it was simply just, I don't know, I, already I was doing work with line. Line was my way of language, you know, as a, the tool of my work, you know. So, uh, when I, I started copying this calligraphy, actually, that's the first thing I did. Without knowing the language, without knowing Arabic, I just started copying it. And um, I really loved it. And in fact, I read a quote somewhere from Professor Nasser. He said that Arabic calligraphy starts from the right hand, from the field of action, and it sits in the field of heart. And I think that's what happened with me. Um, somehow, somehow it really totally mesmerized me. And I had never learned the calligraphy in the classic way. And I think because being an artist, because I was a trained artist, contemporary artist, it's, it happened naturally to me that I started copying it and the line became very flowing. And, you know, like I could, that's how I learned it actually. So, and uh, simply, I was simply uh, very happy to get this um, flowing energy in me, you know. And my line became more free, more bold, bold also. And uh, I can express so much with the same line, Arabic calligraphy, and also my figurative work, you know. Because it's also, again with the line only, the lyrical line, I call it. So I don't know how to say it, but for me, it was getting closer to Allah only. That, that was a way for me because because I like calligraphy, I tried to understand Arabic and then I wanted to read Quran 
I wanted to understand what these verses say. So they all happen simultaneously, you know, like um, it, it happened like a magic. <laughs> like <that. laughs> so uh, there's nothing else I can say because uh, that's it you know like that's my journey but but I wasn't doing uh, when I was doing this um, in Middle East I was doing calligraphy but I was doing my other work also uh, but then slowly when I um, gradually gradually it came on my canvases yeah so do you find your work has um evolved over time you know as artists uh, we continue to evolve and our work changes over time so your earlier work did it depict um, something different or was it different than after you transitioned into doing stylized Arabic calligraphy I'm curious uh, what that shift was like frankly speaking it's I know it's all my self you know like my feelings in this work always so initially i was doing abstract landscapes when i did my masters in painting and those days i was just glorifying the nature uh, with my strokes linear strokes and all that but then gradually i moved to figurative but not the figurative in that sense my figures are very abstract as you have seen them i'm sure so these are like faceless figures because I believed in the one spirit of humanity and I'm trying to bring the image of universal humanity, like we're all the same and we belong to one God. So this kind of thinking I had right from beginning. And uh, so these uh, figures were there for some time. Uh, for a long time, I still do them, actually, frankly. I do my Arabic calligraphy also. I do my figures also. And they are like glorifying my God, my Allah, because Allah says, uh, connect with me, praise me, and help humanity. So it's like, you know, the same stroke of a calligraphic line. I'm trying to bring people together because this, my line is very continuous and connected. I bring groups of people together. They are sharing together. They are um, celebrating together. They are grieving together. So, and then at the same time, I do the calligraphy verses from Quran. So with me, it's like, you know, frankly speaking, my art making is very devotional act for me. And I believe that let's bring the whole world together, celebrate life and pay homage to our creator. So that's the basic philosophy behind my work. So along that, I have been evolving my techniques and um, expressions, but I think the thought is always the same, yeah. to bring people together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, your journey eventually brought you here to the U.S., and you went from experiencing Islamic art all around you to a very different landscape. So... What was that transition like with respect to your art? And what did your work look like during those um, initial days or during that period as you were getting adjusted or getting settled here in the U.S.? Yeah, we came in late, mid-80s, I think, around 86, we came to USA. So um, I was doing landscapes, as I told you, um, abstract landscapes. And... Um, Luckily, I did get some exhibitions in the beginning. So, but I realized in America, 
abstract art is such a common thing, you know, like everybody is doing it. And somehow I, I was struggling with myself that I want to do something which is totally myself coming out in my work. I have to find within myself what is my identity and what do I want to do. So I would say from late 80s till almost uh, um, beginning of 90s, you know, like 93 until 93, I would say, I was struggling. How should I do? What should I do? What what am I looking for? And as the same time, calligraphy was sitting in my heart, but I wasn't doing those paintings. Like I was not very comfortable, you know, suddenly doing those also. So like all these things, you know, all my fears, all my doubts, you know, whatever, as an artist, you go through that, you know. So I wasn't able to do them, express them fully on my canvases. But at the same time, I went to India also, did a visit back and those Indian elements, those fabrics, those designs, you know, they were something I wanted to do. You know, like, so, it, so I don't know, it, it had been really evolved. I mean, if you look at my work sometime on my website, so earlier work between 90s, early 90s to what I'm doing, you will see the whole process, you know. Like I was doing um, abstract in figures, uh, very, um, with the line, then they became more clear that they are figures, they are holding each other, they are connected with each other. And then I jumped to calligraphy in after 2000, you know, like after the 9-11, I mean, it came suddenly, you know, I have to do it. This was like the message from within me. So it has been going on like that. And but that that is still there. But I go back to my figures. Also, as I told you, I do both kinds, you know, and they are both connected for me. The theme is connected, like message of Allah is to connect with humanity. And then his message of how to behave with his humanity and praise him. So this is constantly in my work. You mentioned 9-11 and that made me think, you know, how really major events affect Muslim artists. And, you know, 9-11 affected us all tremendously across the board in, in so many ways. So as an artist, how did you process some of that experience through your paintings? I was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania when 9-11 happened, very close to New York. And I was really emotionally very disturbed seeing those images again, you know, on the television. And especially those 2001, my daughter was getting married and it was the marriage was actually on 21st of September. So immediately we had to postpone the marriage because being Muslim family, we were afraid anything could happen, you know. And then um, second thing, I was feeling numb. I couldn't paint. I couldn't draw for some days. And then I did a very large painting, uh, which is, uh, alhamdulillah, it's in 9-11 Museum now in New York. So to let out my anger, my anxiety. And then... Um, Suddenly, my friends, when I went back to my studios, my friends, my artists, they were asking me, is it Islam like that? Uh, is to kill people? You know, thanks. very strange questions. And then I said, no, my Allah is not like that. So I have to do something very positive. I have to show the, the beauty of my Allah, the, the message of my God, you know, I want to share. So I think 
exactly speaking, that's what I told you. After that, the intensity, the connection with Quran increased, you know. I really wanted to understand more so that I help people to understand. So, yeah, so it's after that. I First, first big project I did was Names of Allah. Um, huge mural I did with 20 feet wide and uh, 5 feet height. I did each name 12 inches by 12 inches. And that was exhibited a lot in Pennsylvania and around. And basically, uh, through that, I showed the qualities of God. And, you know, like, simply my effort was to bring the um, positive of Islam to the mainstream of uh, people. And, you know, I have so many collectors and people who like my art. I wanted to share with them so that uh, I can... And actually, speaking before I go further, you know, those days, I had a very strong, as I told you, I'm always searching, what, what am I doing, why I'm doing. So those days, my, you know, suddenly, I, I was thinking that I was fine as I was, I didn't have any complaint, I was a very spiritual person from the childhood, as I told you. So um, why Allah brought me to Islam? Like this was my question to myself. There is a reason behind it, I thought. And uh, and then he has made me a successful artist. Why? So then I realized, it, it just is my feeling that he has given me this talent and he wants me to use it for his sake. So once I think that that thought came to me, I have tried my best to devote my each work expressing the verse of Allah like expressing the thoughts, you know, which are behind Islam. So, um, yeah, it, it, it really came after 9-11. It was like, you know, very relevant in my work. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's certainly an inspiring story. No, but, but just being honest, really, because I don't know. You know, I always feel Allah has blessed me with so much. Like, you know, being an artist, I have all this success. Every artist hopes to get it. Then beautiful family, loving husband, beautiful children. Allah has blessed me with so much. And even my family, they still love me, you know, and my extended family. So, so many good friends and all that. So, I always feel that I want to share my blessings with everybody. That's my pure intention. That's a, this is a great segue into my next question. You know, you're such an accomplished artist. You have a lifetime of experiences behind you and, and um, you continue to address important themes in your art and you're active in uh, uh, bridging cultures and bringing people together. Do you feel that as artists, we have a responsibility and a certain role to play in society? Yes, I certainly think so, because art presents emotion. History only gives you figures, data. Once you, and art mirrors the life. So you will do what is affecting you, right? You, you will do what is inspiring you around you. It could be like shattering time like this, or it could be a happy time, whatever it is. But your art reflects that. And it's so important that your art reflects the truth honestly, uh, how you feel, what is the impact, what's the reaction. 
and uh, I think it's very important for the artist to convey the message. You know. Yes, and and you know you're you're absolutely right. We use our art to express our identities, to express yeah. our experiences, and what we have encountered in life. It, it makes us who we are, and exactly. um, you know to be able to convey that through a universal language such as art. Um, I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's very true. It's a beautiful tool we have been given to express. And it may not be today, but the, when generation later, you know, they, they will come to know what happened during this time. So they, they come to know through art, poetry and art, you know, like our literature or performances. This is how the history is, gives the whole picture of the that time you know um artists are a great storytellers yeah that's right so you're also a poet and and when did you start writing poetry and do you try to connect some of your art to your poetry oh it's again from the beginning very beginning i used to keep journal i as far as i remember as a child i mean hi not I would say even middle school, I remember. I have journals from my high school. I, I keep them. So I write poetry. I, I express myself. I think I express myself every possible way. So in fact, um, um, it's getting more and more. You know, I, I don't know. It's flowing out. You know, so much poetry is flowing out, especially this pandemic. I have written almost 20, 30 poet, poems, you know, and they're all happening. And I don't plan them again. Uh, all my work is very spontaneous. I don't plan my paintings. I don't plan my poetry. I trust Allah, whatever comes through me. I, You know, every day I pray that may I say something, say which Allah wants me to say, and I do what my Allah wants me to do. This is my sincere prayer in the morning. And um, and that's how I've been uh, working. So this poetry, sometimes it just flows out. You know, like sometimes the impact is so strong of any situation, any event, that first I see the words come out, you know, and then the paintings. Sometimes the paintings come first and words come later. And sometimes words are separate. Poetry is separate and the painting is separate. But, but it's happening very um, together. Like I, I don't plan these things. But today, in fact, uh, yesterday I wrote one poem, which I never thought I had within me. I was just considering, thinking about this partition and uh, 15th August is coming today. Today is 15th August. So I was really sad, you know, like um, thinking about it, that how things happened in my family, like my, my family came from Pakistan to Ajmer, Rajasthan, India, and settled there. And then how I accepted Islam and uh, it, it's so strange my journey you know so I was just thinking and today I hear so much so many problems happening in India again and uh, these Hindu Muslim conflicts they really hurt me because I I think I know both and and I understand the problems but I wish I can help these Everyone, I can help everyone to get over these differences, you know, like I wish I can do. Uh, so yesterday I was thinking and uh, 
yesterday what i wrote i'll if you are interested i'll just read to you oh that would be uh, such a pleasure to hear a few verses what is partition what is the partition that is the poem what is the partition one man blindfolded drew a line on the earth cutting through homes and hearts throwing two brothers on each side of this line separating parents from children creating enemies from neighbors spreading splashes of blood on both sides killing countless in matter of days displacing millions each day homeowners became refugees overnight farmers became beggars it was a havoc of pain and trauma the blinded the blindfolded man disappeared wounded and hurt homeless and broken many accepted fate's magic wand drama some have carried sparks of anger and animosity some still grieve and wonder may wonder wins over anger giving rise to love and the curiosity to know each other once again all over filling the cracks created by the dividing line erasing differences from the hearts of younger progeny that's a powerful and very emotional poem yeah it is emotional very yeah emotional, yeah so i they just happened with me <laughs> i don't plan these things <laughs> so uh, do you think um you might paint something to go with that i already done some time back so actually on my facebook you know i have a very uh, i i keep adding uh, my work there so i i have two paintings i have done long time back maybe i'll just do some more because yesterday i have been you know these emotions are again fresh yeah so it will come yeah, yeah. so um you know i was looking at a lot of your art as i was preparing for our conversation and a lot of your pieces uh really touched me and i hope to see um your art up close and in person one day yeah. inshallah <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, I, you know, I really like your works that are themed around women. And in even just looking at the pictures, I felt like there was a certain energy about them. They, for me, they were visually inspiring and uplifting. So can you talk a little bit about this theme? And I see that you have this theme running through several of your artworks. Yes. yes. Yeah, these are my expression of, you know, hope and joy you know this is what i call i want to spread the feelings of hope and joy so these uh, connecting figures they are uplifting or they are holding hands above because they are in praise of god you know like so um as i said earlier it, through my work i want to spread the joy and the peace and unity so these women they always happen in my work i mean they um they just <laughs> they have been always there in fact i trust that women have such positive energy and uh, they have you know one woman can take care of the family and um, how it, she raises the children uh, but i think women have the energy positive energy and i love doing women groups connected with each other they are holding each other they are celebrating together or they are sharing together and they you know they are the main 
source of inspiration, I think, to me. Because my mother was an inspiration to me. My mother-in-law was also an inspiration to me. So these are very strong women I have known in my life. And, you know, so I, I think my tribute is to all women. Women are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so um, I would love for the listeners to find out more about your recent works as well. So you have a new series that's called Celebration of Calligraphy. Can you talk a little bit about this series and how it came to be and and what message are you conveying through this series? This is a new series I started about six, seven years back. So my intention was, I was doing the with the Quran in my mind. When I started this very abstract, uh, kind of a very stylized calligraphy on large canvases. So it was like, you know, celebration, like it was a dance of calligraphy, you know, like on my canvases. So, so I've been doing this and my main purpose was to attract the non-Muslims. So because I was already established as an artist, so here in America also, so what I was thinking that um, let me do something for them to get interested in my work. So they come close and they try to ask questions and try to understand. So Alhamdulillah, in 2013, I think somewhere there I started these series and uh, I immediately got museum shows, you know, because uh, I, especially one show was in St. Louis, um, a big museum is called a Museum of Contemporary Religious Art. Uh, that curator, when I sent him my proposal, he came to see my work in Berkeley and he invited me to show in uh, the museum in 2015. And um, there so many people came because basically he thought my work is very contemporary and he called it, you know, like... Uh, he gave some very good uh, um, examples and he gave me a very good review and he gave me a review on um, um, NPR and uh, public channel. So so I saw people are attracted. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I didn't know, but again, I was guided to do this. I, I wasn't doing it for my work, but I was trying to bring people closer to Islam. That was my intention. So when I did these paintings and when I saw, and I sold these paintings, uh, strangely enough, I've sold Arabic calligraphy paintings to non-Muslims because they love what it says and they love my work. So it's a blessing. And in fact, uh, my one of my friends, um, she's a scholar, Ghazala. Her name is Ghazala Anwar. She was in Berkeley during those days. And um, she gave me a very good uh, review. And she said, uh, generally in Islam, when we write, uh, Arabic calligraphy, we make it very sacred and we keep it high on the pedestal, um, the classical Arabic calligraphy thing. If we, if we see classical Arabic calligraphy, we'll just pick it up and it's like a, put on the high pedestal and then it becomes Islamic, it becomes Muslim for non-Muslims, you know, like, you know, they don't pay attention. But she said, because of the bias. But she said, your work is bringing them closer to understand um, at least the meaning of the verses. So you have made it more easier for common people to reach it. Though I, as I told you, sincerely, I, my Allah knows that I have been guided and I just do things as I am guided. So when she told me this, I felt I never knew that, you know. 
that actually the impact is like that. So, so I have continued doing the celebration of calligraphy, and I am so grateful to Allah that I have, you know, I have been writing verses every day. I read Quran, and every day I pick up the verses which give me peace or talk about unity, diversity, love, care, you know, for friendship. So I collect these um, verses, you know, and each day I find um, so much. So I have been collecting these verses. And if I tell you, I have done more than 8,900 paintings of these large paintings. And they are they're sitting in my studio. But I'm, I know, and I have had many shows, in fact. In fact, from 2013 till today, I have almost 17 shows, with, especially with this book. So that shows that people are responding. So what else I want? I want people to respond to Quran. So, so that way it's continued. And another series, I know um, you might ask me that, so I'm telling. Another series which I started last year is Our Earth, Embracing All Communities. This also comes from Quran, because as I'm reading Quran, I'm discovering there's so many verses they give us the um, knowledge of uh, how to take care of earth, like like ecological consciousness, you know. And there's one verse in Quran which has really touched me that Allah has created all communities like birds, animals, insects, butterflies, trees, plants, all these communities, and they are like you. They are like you, like human beings. To treat them like human beings, you know, they are they have life. So I was so touched by this that that had created this whole new series, you know, where I want to bring everything in nature on one surface and uh, do these verses. So yeah, I think I don't know, but I feel so excited every day because I have something new to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a. Uh... It's obvious that you're very passionate about what you do, listening to you talk. And actually, yes, you answered my question before I asked you that about your series, Our Earth, Embracing All Communities. And, and I was actually going to congratulate you because I understand that you received a grant from the East Bay Community yeah. Foundation for 2020. So many congratulations. And that's so exciting. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I am I apply for the grant for one reason, because I have, I have done a lot of research on this ecological consciousness from Quran. So I wanted this to become, you know, like something important, like in a book form, like catalog form, where I can put all my images and uh, the meanings of the each ayat, each verse. And actually, I'm taking help from the scholars. And they are writing for me now because my work is done now almost. So even Imam Zaid Shakir is going to write because I am in contact with him locally. He's, he, he was in Berkeley Zaytuna College. So, so Alhamdulillah, four scholars are writing about it at the moment. I have given them this request and they are working on it. I have picked up almost 34 verses and almost 40 paintings are done. And I have got a uh, plan to do this book. And inshallah, 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 I want to preserve this uh, um, research. That was my intention, so that it helps not only 
non-Muslim, but it should help Muslims also because many people don't realize that Quran is giving us such beautiful, I mean, education, direction. Uh, so we have to learn so much, you know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to do this project and maybe someday you will see that book <laughs> very soon, inshallah. I definitely will be looking forward to it. Do you have any word of advice or, or some words of wisdom to the young and upcoming artists who are working in the field of Islamic arts? Oh, I would just tell them do continue doing what you're doing and never worry about the negative responses. They disappear. If, you're, if your passion is true and if Allah is guiding you, just continue doing it. Like you may... I mean, it takes long time. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. That much is there. You, one has to be patient, you know, that's true. But continue doing what you feel is right, what is you feel is important. Never give up. Hard work and perseverance. Yeah. Wonderful yeah, that, advice. That's it, yeah. So you've talked about a lot of your paintings, uh, your series, your poetry. Can you please share your website and your social media handles with the listeners so that everybody can go and look and enjoy your artwork? Here it's um, Salma Arastu, my full name, salmaarastu.com. S-A-L-M-A-A-R-A-S-T-U, salmaarastu.com. So that's my website, but I'm also on Facebook, very active on Facebook. I keep posting my poems and paintings. So again, there I'm at Salma Rastu. And uh, even Instagram is at Salma Rastu. So basically, Salma, if you put Salma Rastu, you will get into any social media, LinkedIn and everywhere. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's just been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Salma. It's been inspirational. I've learned a lot, finding out more about you and your art and Thank you so much for taking time to be part of this podcast. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I love sharing. I think that is a gift one should share always. So I'm happy to share that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on Islamic arts in the U.S. and would like to connect with a community of artists, please check out Islamic Art Society's website. That's www.islamicartssociety.org. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and their YouTube channel. I invite you to join me for the next episode as we continue to connect with artists that are doing amazing work in the field of Islamic arts here in the U.S. Until then, please take care and stay safe.